This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, hey, happy Monday. The Monty Show live on your YouTube machine. YouTube, man. Thanks to everybody who listens to this show on podcast. Thanks to everybody who watches on YouTube. It's the greatest show ever, not created yeah. by nobody. Yeah. But myself in uh, pre-pube over there. Anyway. Yeah, pre-pube. <laughs> That's offensive. Of I'll Will Smith you, bro. Oh, there it is. There it is. The first Will Smith drop. We'll talk about that. Uh violent assault that was on TV that everybody's <laughs> celebrating. We are totally opposed. We're diametrically opposed on the Will Smith slap heard around the world. Um, I mean, the good news is it's one of the greatest memes ever created. Yeah, yes. So we'll talk about that coming up. We've got to oh talk about, my God. Um, you know, the fact that Jake went and met another listener yesterday because I couldn't be bothered because that, yeah. you know, I'm just too big for you guys. Oh, you're too big. Um, okay, a superstar got it. and stuff. Got it. Like, right, right. Like, you know, Will Smith and stuff. And stuff. Um, thanks to everybody who buys our shirts. We Unfortunately, we couldn't go together, but Jake, you went and saw one of our guys yesterday. Dane. Dropped Thank off you, a shirt Dane. to Dane. Hey, if you want one of our shirts, a couple of things that are going on on the show right now. We are giving away a PlayStation 5 uh, on the show. All you have to do is subscribe. Um, follow us on TikTok. That gets you two to one entries. Buy one of our T-shirts. Um, we have restocked on our, our first T-shirt. We still have the You're a Casual T-shirt that yep. Jake doesn't have sitting there, so he can't show it to you. Yep. Um, but it's 25 bucks, and it gets you five entries for every one that you get for uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel. So if yeah. you're on podcast, just DM Jake. If you want a uh, casual shirt or a Monty Show shirt, it is SLC Supercars on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And then you can I'm sorry, also... I'm sorry, what was that? What? TikTok? Yeah, TikTok. Right. Uh, you can also <laughs> um, follow us, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, <laughs> is where you can follow me without further ado. Let's freak out over the Jazz in Dallas last night, losing uh, to the Mavericks. And there is controversy out of this game. There is there is no doubt about that. Um, I think Donovan Mitchell's postgame comments certainly uh, threw some gasoline mm -hmm. on the fire. Mm -hmm. um, Rudy Gobert missed this game with a right, uh, with a right leg lateral contusion. He's got a bruise is what that means. They don't tell you what that is. It could be a bone bruise. It could be a cock bruise. Like, they just don't tell you. Right. Um, and people were pretty upset because Hassan Whiteside flew back uh, to Utah to get his foot looked at. Um, the Jazz did sign Greg Monroe to a 10-day contract out of the G League. And I know people are like, Greg Monroe sucks. What else did you want him to do? <laughs> exactly. They needed a big. Yeah. And last night, we saw exactly why they needed a big. And I think the biggest storyline coming out of this game is the moment that Donovan Mitchell chose to return after he hurt his ankle. Um, if you missed it, he went up for a floater, which he missed. Make the make the floater and you won't have a bad ankle. Uh, anyway, point being, um, he went up, missed the floater, and Dwight Powell landed on uh, Don's ankle. It was clearly a big issue. 
Um, Quinn Snyder and Donovan Mitchell were seen debating, which clearly was about him coming back in the game. Yeah. Don came back in the game, looked like shit doing it. Um, <laughs> but I think he was there to prove a point. Yeah. Jake, and I think Rudy Gobert being out of this game was a major bone of contention for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, and I think it should have been. I, I think if there was any game that you were going to miss, uh, this was not the one to miss. I think this game was 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 against the team that you're neck and neck with. This is a game that you you need to have all your contributors. Uh, and and my point is, okay, let's say that that they're you know that that he actually is really hurt. That that this bruise is somehow you know, hampering his ability to play basketball, even though he would look just fine standing on the sideline last night, I might add. But let's say that he can't run, or let's say that he's limited. I think either way, if Rudy would have said, hey, I'm not going to be able to play 40 minutes tonight or 35 minutes tonight, let's say, but I can give you 15 or 20, you know, I can play for shorter spurts and then I got to rest again. I think even that would have been better than not playing at all against the Dallas Mavericks who are now ahead of you in the standings. Right, you're you're in a place as a team where you have one guy in Donovan Mitchell who appears to be willing to die out there for his team, and you have another guy in Rudy Gobert who, you know, again, I don't like to judge guys on injuries, but this seems like an injury that you could play through. This seems like an injury that if you wanted it bad enough, that you could be out there contributing. Because again, who is this guy? This isn't somebody who is your premier scorer. This isn't somebody who relies on his agility and, and his ability to cut and move and do all these great things on the perimeter to get to his spots, right? This is a guy who all you ask to do is rim run and, and box out, essentially, rebound. So I don't really feel like that's too big of an ask out of Rudy Gobert to play through something like this. Now, if you said to me, hey, he's got a ligament issue or 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 he's got a sprain or whatever, you know, Something that was more severe that, that made it so he had trouble walking? All right, that's a different conversation. But when I see you over there on the sideline in street clothes and you're just fine standing around the team, that to me signals that you could have at least contributed on some level. And if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I understand why you're upset, man. I, I think last night, um, I don't think that this team, the Jazz came into this game thinking they were going to lose. But I think the Jazz knew that this is going to be a really difficult game for them. And I have to give them a lot of credit. You fought your ass off in that first half. You played a hell of a first half. You played well. Absolutely. Um, you know, you 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 did everything that you could possibly do with the human beings you had playing for you in that first half. And I think in the second half, it, it just is what it is. It's business. Dallas did what they needed to do to win the game. So, yeah, if I'm Donovan Mitchell, I'm frustrated with Rudy Gobert. And I, and I think something that you said in the vaunted pre-show meeting behind the scenes is if Rudy plays in this next game, man, oh, man, is that going to be a problem now? Because you're telling me that you weren't healthy enough to play last night, but you can play two days later? That's a problem. That is a problem. And not only was it you were healthy two days later or healthy enough to play, this was a playoff game. Yeah. There is no question about that. There like is it. there. Well, yeah, and it should have. Yeah. Because you're out of home court advantage now. That loss clinched the Memphis Grizzlies a top four spot. Um, you look at what was on the line last night. This wasn't just a game against the Dallas Mavericks. This was a playoff game. And you got dominated by Luka Doncic. Mm -hmm. There's no other way to look at this. And that will not be the story of this game. The chemistry issues exposed in this loss will be the story of this game. Eric Paschal's inability to stay in the corner, not once, not twice, three times in the wrong spot, two of them to turnovers, mm -hmm. 
is a huge problem. When Donovan Mitchell is having to call you out to stay in the corner on the floor, it's a problem. When yeah. you when you look at how poorly um, the depth of this Jazz team played, and I tweeted it right before the game, that you're going to have to have a huge performance out of Jordan Clarkson. He was a dud last night. You look at Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jared Butler, Eric Paschal. You look at all these guys that came off, and none of them played well. None of the moment was too big. I This is the first time I've said I understand why Eric Paschal isn't playing heavy minutes mm -hmm. or a larger rotation in, in the offense. Yep. Because, Jake, I think a lot of these guys got exposed mm -hmm. that the minutes, the moments, they're just too big for them. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with um, pretty much everything that you're saying. The only thing that I would say in Paschal's defense, specifically Paschal, is <clears throat> most of the time when he's out there, he is not – asked to stand in the corner like that I and I think you know a couple of those plays because it did happen multiple times you're right and I'm not saying this is Donovan's fault but I think it is a product of not playing more earlier in the season like there were a couple of those I think two of them where Don is driving and it got to a point where clearly Pascal thought he was just going to go up and Don kicks it at the last moment and I think that's the dynamic we have at play here where you know, Pascal, yes, you were not on the same page. You should have been in the corner. Absolutely, 100%, totally agree with but that. What, but wait, what happened? Eric Pascal's trying to do too much. Yeah. Instead yeah. of just doing your job. And I, look, I understand that a big part of that is, hey, I'm a team player. I want to help. I want to contribute. Well, totally understand that. Yeah. But it's an epidemic on bad teams. And that's what this was last night. This was a bad team. Mm-hmm. And you saw guys like Jared Butler come in and immediately turn the ball over. Mm -hmm. You saw Nikhil Alexander-Walker. You, you, you saw Trent Forrest just an inability to shoot the basketball. And they needed his athleticism to play defense. And because he just is frozen on offense, you can't play the guy. Like, it, it's so frustrating that you're in this situation and you spent that money on Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. It's so frustrating you're in this situation and Rudy Gobert won't play through this injury. And I am I have said this repeatedly hundreds of times on the show, and I'll say it again now because I think it really matters. Yeah, I am not a guy who questions people's professionalism or their willingness um, to play through injury. It is shocking Rudy Gobert didn't at least try to play in this game. Well, and it's like the, shocking. It's the old narrative that that Kobe used to talk about. And, and, um, it's like he, he used to tell a story where his example was, you know, if you have a you're on the couch, your hamstrings pulled, you're just sitting and kind of resting, not doing anything. And then he's like, you know, you wake up from your nap and your house is burning down and your kids are upstairs. And his point is, is I'm is I'm pretty sure in that moment that you're going to forget about your hamstring and do everything possible to go and save your kids from the fire. That's yeah. the story he uses. And I, and, and that's what I honestly was thinking about last night. Like, like even like you think about, again, I know we joke about Jaron Hall on the show all the time, BYU quarterback, but he deserves a lot of credit for playing through some of those injuries. Even if they lose the game, he's out there doing everything that he can do. You know, you look at across, across the sports landscape, we see it all the time. Guys give, everything they can possibly give to their team. And that's what I'm let down by with Rudy. I, 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 I understand you're hurt, man. But at the same time, you, you, you're the same guy who wants to say, give me the ball on offense, who wants to say, I'm the central figure on this team. 
well, if you're the give me the ball on Pick the offense, like you can't have it both ways. And, and to your point, it's funny you use that saying because that's what we've been hearing from the team. Pick your poison. And it's like, dude, Rudy, hey, bro, if you want to be that guy, you got to be out there and play through threat injury. And listen, I see a lot of people in the comments saying it's one game. Why does it matter? Like it, it it's not just one game. You're, you were on a three-game losing streak to three of the better teams that you've seen this year, yeah. right? And this is what I said last week, and everybody piled on me. Yeah. This four-game winning streak was or losing streak was written in the stars mm-hmm. because you could see it happening. It's now worse than just a four-game losing streak. This Dallas game wasn't just another game on the schedule. Yeah. This was a playoff game. This was the one game you had to have. This was a game where you were out to prove a point. Are you athletic enough? You're not. Look at Rudy Gay last night. And this is the other thing that was talked about at nauseum on Twitter last night. Yeah. Is that Rudy Gay doing the job as a small ball center? I got news for you. He he cannot defend. Luka Doncic is not a quick player. Rudy Gay could not stay repeatedly in front of Luka Doncic. Yeah. Could not do it. They're not deep. They have very little depth. So when you're Rudy Gobert and you miss this game, the first playoff game of the year, the one game that mattered, you should have sat out the Boston game then. You it, it This was not something, this injury that you sat out in this Dallas game was not just an injury that just all of a sudden popped up in the morning. Because remember what everyone was saying in the last time they played Dallas. Oh, well, Rudy locked Luka up. Rudy's the best ever. Rudy's a hero. So those same people, right, don't want to talk about the fact that Rudy is not fulfilling his obligation to this team. But what changed? Because I, I've been saying for probably 10 days, I don't feel like Rudy Gobert was 100%. He hadn't been his normal self in some time. Mm-hmm. So you picked the fucking Mavericks game to sit out? Yeah. Like what? And it I, just yeah. it, it doesn't add up. Yeah. Nothing about this adds up. And then you hear Don after the game, not mistakenly so. You hear Donovan Mitchell say after the game, I'm proud of the guys that suited up tonight. Uh-oh. That's okay. Wow. Was that a Chris Rock that drop? That was a already? Chris Rock drop. Already, already, you gangster. That is, uh, my point is, that was not an accidental comment. That, no. wasn't, that wasn't a flip. And that's why I'm telling you, and everybody who says that I make too much of it and your sources are bullshit. You're an idiot. I've been saying. Since the turn of the year, this team has chemistry problem, chemistry problems. I've been telling you that you are watching the final days of Rudy Gobert in a Utah Jazz uniform. And if you do not recognize, and if it is lost on you, that Donovan Mitchell fought to come back in a game where they were down double digits. He knew they were going to lose. Dude. They had no reason to put him back in. Mm-hmm. He had no reason to come back in. But why did he come back in? He came back in to prove a point. He came back in to prove the point that this is my team and I'm going to do everything I can do to fight and battle with the and guys like, on the floor. Dude, he's like limping around out there. Like, Oh, it, it was like, ugly. Like you can clearly see that that leg it was a problem for him after that. And, and watching the replay, because at first when it happened, like live, before I saw a replay, he's like you could hear him on the broadcast. You could hear when he hit the floor, like with his hand. And I was like, oh, boy, that, that like that's not good at all. So then when you see him on the bench and they're like working on him and you see the Quinn thing and, and him trying to fight to get back in the game, that was kind of my thought too. Like, hey, this guy is just trying trying to get to a place where he can say, yeah, here's the bird 
Rudy. I played her and you didn't. Like, that's honestly what I felt like. That's the dynamic that felt like was created last night. And the worst part of this is, is that there is a very clear line in the sand in the Western Conference between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. And the issue is, you watch a team like the Phoenix Suns, who three years ago were irrelevant in this league. You watch a team like the Phoenix Suns beat the Philadelphia 76ers last night mm -hmm. in a game that was battle-tested. They were behind in that game. And thank you for stealing my thunder. Um, Sorry. <laughs> the point was that the Phoenix Suns are comfortable playing from behind. That does not phase them. They're firemen. The smoke doesn't bother them. Mm -hmm. The Utah Jazz fall behind in big games and it's over. You, you can watch. You can physically see their spirit being broken. Their want to fading away. You watch that happening. And for my money, I think the Utah Jazz, again, I will just say, are not a top five team in the NBA. They're not. A, and right now, healthy or not, I don't think they're a top eight, nine 10 team in the NBA mm -hmm. I'm having trouble putting them ahead of you know like right now if, if if you name the top 10 teams I don't think there's any doubt right now that it is I mean the Suns are number one number two I mean you're looking at either Philly or Memphis in my opinion mm -hmm. um, so there's your top three right there I look at Milwaukee um, I don't know what Golden State's going to be I have no idea if Steph Curry's coming back or not yeah. I don't know but I can think of I can think I like I would put Brooklyn ahead of ahead of the the Utah Jazz right now. I look at the way Brooklyn's playing. It phases me none the least that Kyrie Irving played terrible basketball at home yesterday. He hasn't played at Barclays Center in over a year. Like the guy, it's not surprising that Kyrie Irving didn't play well. It's not surprising to me that they're struggling. Um, but I look at I look at a, the Denver Nuggets. They're better than the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. I look at a lot of these teams, and I'm telling you, you're watching the end of this era of Utah Jazz basketball. Yeah. Wait, let me rephrase that. You better be watching the end of this era of Utah Jazz basketball. You better be, because you can't keep doing what you're doing because you're going in the wrong direction. Yeah. And all of these guys healthy, even if Bogey and and Rudy are healthy. I don't think they they win that game. Uh, do they lose four in a row? They don't. If Boyan Bogdanovich and Rudy Gobert are healthy, I think they have a far better chance mm -hmm. um, of beating Brooklyn. I think they, they're going to lose to Boston. I think Boston is going to beat Jesus and Joseph Smith on the same team right now. Like, I'm not even kidding. Boston <laughs> is playing the best basketball I have seen this year, and they're damn near unbeatable right now. But I don't think I don't think they beat Charlotte. Because Charlotte's too fast and too athletic. I think LaMelo Ball last night showed you that what they did against the Jazz was no fluke because he went up to Brooklyn and he just did the damn job again. Yeah. Right? So you're you're over here like who I can't remember somebody last week was talking about how the Jazz were gonna beat the Hornets by twenty and Yeah, and call oh it was James. It was James. James yeah, Knight. Yeah, what, whatever. My point is you can't be you cannot be a realist about this team and think that they're going to go and win a playoff series now yeah the chemistry on this team and I'm trying to I'm trying to to understand it as to how you fix it with this group and I just don't see an answer it's a regular irrevocably it's permanently broken yeah the damage is done yeah and I, and I think that 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 is because of Rudy's again I know people hate 
when we talk about this, but I, but I think it all stems from, you know, Rudy's inability as an offensive player, because again, in this league, as an offensive player, you can really define a game, you know, yeah. it's one thing to be a great defensive player, but offense is what, you know, is what gets you over in this league. And I, and I just think that, you know, that contract, the moment they sign them to that contract, man, that changed things forever. I, yeah, it's frustrating to watch. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really frustrating to watch. You understand why the Lakers are bad. Yeah. You understand why the Clippers are bad, you know, without, without, uh, Kawhi, without Paul George, you know, like they just have catastrophic injuries. You understand why those teams are bad. Mm -hmm. You understand why the Nuggets really have been, um, you know, the, the, the sixth team in the West all season long because they're without their two best players, arguably outside of dad bod, right? Like, so you understand why Nikola Jokic is in the MVP race because, well, frankly, he's carrying that team, right? There's no excuse for the Jazz keeping the same roster intact and expecting a better result. Yeah. There's it no, sounds crazy to say, isn't it? There's no excuse for you it. You kept the same roster and thought you were going to get a different result. And Rudy Gay has been incredibly disappointing. I just, I think Rudy's got a use. It's not as a small ball five. It isn't. I think his best, his best use, and and I don't even know that it's his best use, is probably a three four guy now, because you're looking at his inability to stay in front of Luca. It was shocking. I was. Yeah. And I've been a critic of of Rudy Gay's this year. Obviously, we've talked about him a lot on the show. It was really shocking he could not stay in front of Luka Doncic. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it it's Rudy Gobert was staying in front of Luka Doncic. Yeah. How are you as and being Rudy Gay, the only two Rudys in the NBA? All right. How are you not able to stay in front of Luka? Yeah. And 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 I think it's more than that too. Like I think it wasn't just that you couldn't stay in front of him. He wanted that matchup. Like like Luca wanted that matchup against Rudy and then They were and pick and was, rolling into it. Yeah, and then was abusing the matchup, getting fouls and and one like I mean just torturing him. And listen, I can't stand Luca. Uh, I like I can't. The guy's an absolute witch on offense. I I mean I his ability to get that step back 3 when you know that's all he wants to do. Yeah. And he makes it at a high rate. I mean, it's really difficult to get over that. Dorian Finney-Smith, I look, I mean, I look at all their guys, and I think and he, Br Brunson, I mean, th that's a good basketball team in Dallas. Can we really quick talk about this zone defense they tried to roll out last night, by the way, too? That was something that I was really surprised to see. Like, I don't know. I Like, zone defense requires you to be on the same page as a team, right? Like, zone defense requires that everybody is playing as a single unit to cover the floor, and they're not. Finney Smith had, what, three looks that were wide open? He's a knockdown shooter who just got extended. He's got something to play for, you know? So he's not the guy you want to be leaving open in the corner. So I don't know. I don't know. Like, the first the first possession they went to zone, it was a turnover. I was like, all right, cool. Maybe they got something here. But then the next couple, it was three ball, three ball, three I, ball. I think, and Twitter was alive with this last night as well, you can't simply start playing zone. You, it is, and and if you if you've never played ball or you don't understand zone defense, you're essentially guarding a space. But what it requires you to do on defense is push out to the perimeter. So you have to be able to help at the three point line, but then you have to sag to to protect the paint. And the way that you beat a zone is you shoot the ball well. Well, what the Jazz did is they have zero practice time. So they have no way to really in long form practice zone defense. So you're watching the guy in the corner consistently be wide open. Yeah. It, to the point where he's got so much room that you can't even put a hand up to block his vision. 
because you're so far out of space. And you're not going to get that with young guys who, A, don't get game time, B, don't get practice time. You can't just put them on the floor and ask them to play zone defense. Yeah. Like, they they likely have not played zone defense in high since high school. Yeah. I mean, it's just not something you see as prevalent in college anymore, and you almost never see it in the NBA because the athletes are too good, and that's exactly what happened to the Jazz. Yeah. The, Jazz, the, the Mavericks moved the ball, and they made three-point shots. You can't play zone defense if you can't stop those two things. Yeah. So let's get some of your comments in here. Um, let's see. First one I see is, uh, and Garcia says, what I don't understand is why Monty and Junior, easy and Garcia, uh, keep saying next year Jazz will rebuild around Onovan. Okay, I'm not even going to read your comments. Like, come on, guy, seriously. Uh, Tanner, good morning to you. Edgar Garcia says, morning players. Rudy Sanchez says, morning, fellas. In my opinion, Hassan will be out a few days if the Jazz got Monroe. Well, the issue is not Hassan Whiteside. The issue is that Azabuki had uh, surgery. He's out for the year. Um, and you don't have – the issue more is is Rudy Gay. And then without Rudy Gobert, I mean, they knew when they signed Greg Monroe that Rudy Gobert was not going to play. Mm-hmm. And he's going to join the club in L.A. from what, what it sounds like. But Greg Monroe is here for one reason. They needed a big body. He's the guy that's playing ball right now in the G League. Like, the, it makes all the sense in the world. He is not, though, going to contribute at a high level. I mean, you've seen from the guys they've tried to plug in. They they sim- If Rudy Gobert's not on the floor, they don't play pick and roll as well. So you're going to ask Greg Monroe probably to be here for 10 days, and then you're going to cast him off because there's just no – I mean, he has very little value – a big coming into this offense has to understand the nuance of, of the pick and roll with this group of guys. And and it's very difficult to do that. He is filling a he's filling a, a space. Um Chris Carn says, Monty, no joking about Jake today. He may slap you in the face. Yeah. Oh yeah, he yeah. might. Um Tanner Plummer says, Chris Carn, Jake be like, keep my name out your effing mouth. Exactly. Yeah. I think one of Donovan's comments, I'm grateful for the guys that suited up, said a lot. Yeah, it did. And Garcy says, wrist, ankle, add them to the excuses for why the Jazz didn't make it out of the first round. Probably. Uh, Jake Ponton, good morning to you, says, how do we all feel about the black-yellow rebrand? I mean, is that really a topic right now? Uh, I don't I, – it, it is meaningless It looks me. a lot better when you're in the NBA Finals, which yeah, is not this year. It means not – I mean, I, I think it just doesn't mean anything to me. Like, who cares? At this point, I mean, you're not even wearing the uniform at this point. We haven't even seen it on the floor. Um, I don't know. See, like, that's the kind of thing that I, I just don't have a big appetite for. Like, why do I care? Yeah. Like, we're it, it's it's damn near April. This team's in a tailspin, and we're worried about what color their uniforms are. I don't care. With all due respect, Jake. I mean, that's a topic I'm sure we'll talk about over the summer. Yeah. Uh, James Knight says, what are you guys, doctors now? Come on. What, what, but and by that, I'm sure there's more. Jazz will probably drop the sixth spot. I highly doubt that. Uh, we talk a lot about Lindsey, but uh, Zanuck just should be let go. Everyone he's brought in is trash. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, his, Hassan Whiteside has not been what you hoped he would be. Mm-hmm. Rudy Gobey, or Rudy Gogay, hello? Uh, Rudy Gay has been... That was a crazy Freudian yeah, slip. I know. Rudy yeah. Gay has been nothing short of a disappointment I mean, there's just no other way to, but he doesn't have the ability to do the job you need him to do. Um, I mean, I look at Jared Butler. I don't know. Is that a Justin Zanuck problem? I, I would think not. 
Um, who would you have drafted instead? Like, I thought yeah. that was a miracle. Um, I mean, they didn't really make a significant change in the offseason. I mean, that this is the same team. Yeah. You were relying on the same guys. The biggest issue I have with what they did last year was Mike paying the luxury tax for Mike Conley. That's the biggest issue I have. Um, you know, the, the Rudy Gobert contract was signed last or agreed to last December, signed last October, or excuse me, agreed to last December, signed last January, and the owner signed off on it. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that Justin Zanuck has really done a whole lot. You know, like you're not going to fire that. Why would you fire him now? I, it, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. Hambone, good morning to you. He says, uh, good morning, guys. I'm ready to, for a change. We need to get some new players. This team is really starting to suck. Um, and Garcia says, that's how you get healthier. You sit one game, play two days later. Hello, it's called rest. You don't rest against the Dallas Mavericks. You don't rest against. What are you how talking about? How is this a about? difficult concept to understand? That's amazing. How, like, and Garcia and James Knight specifically, how is this a difficult concept to understand? It's Dallas. They're right behind you. It's, it's a, a must-win playoff game yeah. for this team, and your 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 favorite player, Rudy Gobert, doesn't play. The guy that everybody says is, that we hate on, and he's a multi-time defensive player of the year, and he's the core of this team, and we should let Donovan go. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, you want to advocate for him to rest during Dallas? Rest during, rest during Boston. Resting another team. Cool. Rest, rest against Brooklyn. Yeah, like, like you, cool. You, you have to, you have to beat Dallas. It is no, there's no excuse, and I don't care what you what you say about it. There's no excuse for not playing, dude. Dallas is your at this point your your nemesis. They are the team that's coming for you and now has you in their grip. It's over if they don't lose the rest of the season. If they have home court advantage in a series against the Jazz, you're you're in real trouble. Yeah. So I mean, you are there is a chance the Jazz will not if, if they do not get back into the fourth spot. There is a chance the Utah Jazz will not win a playoff series this year. Like what's amazing to me is you guys want to mock us and say, "Oh, well, what are you guys doctors?" No, what we are is we're truth sayers. And what we're telling you right now is that that's absolute BS that he didn't play yesterday. It's yeah, BS. Yeah, it's a huge problem. And 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 it you you heard it after the game. Yeah. There was frustration that Rudy Gobert didn't at least try to play. If you try to play and you just can't go, guys know when you spend seasons together, yeah, guys know when you're right and when you're not right. Guys know when you're hurt and when you're injured. Like, guys know when you can't go. You you just know. This is a, a, a the arguably the most important game of the year to date, and you didn't even make an attempt to go. Did you have guys? That's do you, crazy. Do you guys realize there are like hockey players who have died on the bench for five minutes, been resuscitated, and tried to go back into the game. And you want to sit here and tell me that Rudy Gobert, who didn't have a walking boot on, didn't have any kind of issue with movement, you want to tell me that a bruise is keeping this guy from playing? Yeah. I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. I'm not here for it. I, I don't know the the issue. On, the issue on this team is the same thing we've said all year. They yeah. they can't defend. They're older. They're slower. They lack athletic ability. And the Dallas Mavericks, the Charlotte Hornets, the Boston Celtics, certainly Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list is endless of teams that take advantage of that on a nightly basis. And when you get to the playoffs, you're going to see that teams are going to pick and roll and force the Jazz to switch, and they're going to get the matchup they want. And usually superstars take advantage of that. Luka Doncic last night was unguardable 
I, I was a little surprised Don didn't take Luka Doncic last night. And I know he's been battling this ankle. I know that Don has been playing hurt. But you have to do something at some point. Yeah. Because you just can't allow Luka Doncic to be the, the guy. And, you know, the other thing that I thought was really, you know, again, Bush League. And, and I'm trying to measure my words about the media in this town because it's incredibly frustrating. That Andy Larson wants to accuse Donovan Mitchell of being upset that the Mavericks were picking him up full court is is absolutely laughable. It's embarrassing. It is, it, And then to call out Sarah Todd and, oh, well, it's just all in fun, and it's not. You're not good at your job. You're not that, like, Andy Larson going after Donovan Mitchell because, oh, it's controversial. It's not controversial. You're not good at your job. Yeah, you're missing the lead, but it, it is amazing to me that the media, will, and, and led by Andy Larson, is trying to make it out that Donovan doesn't believe he should be picked up full court. You really think he cares about that? I think he he expects that. It's what good defenses do to star players in this league. Yeah. It's what we watched the Boston Celtics do to Kevin Durant. It's what we see on a regular basis in this league because you can't allow guys like LeBron or KD or Don or Devin Booker sees it every single – what was Philly doing? Maxi on CP3. Uh, Philly, yeah, exactly right. Philadelphia last night, if you watched any of that Suns-Philly game, Philadelphia is picking up Devin Booker at at on their deep on their offensive end at the free throw line. Yeah. They're letting him inbound the ball and they're throwing, you know, Tobias Harris all these different looks at him to get the ball out of his hands. And he still scores 35 points. That's what this league is. Yeah. So my point is, I don't think Donovan Mitchell was upset about that at all and as much said so after the game. And it's, it is embarrassing to me that the media in this town is just not very good at covering this team. Like, it is remarkable. You can't just make up stuff. The That's free the pass yeah. that this team gets in this town is remarkable to me. Yeah. It is I, – I, I don't – how are you the, the, the lead jazz writer for the Tribune and you're guessing that he was upset that they picked him up full court? And then when it comes out that he wasn't, you said, in my defense, I wasn't the only one saying that. So you you took that from somebody else? It just, anyway. I agree completely. I think it's, I think it's, I, I think you shouldn't say things that, that you, you aren't sure about as a reporter. It's, it is why I subscribe to The Athletic and not, I like I, I last night I canceled my subscription to the Tribune because of that, because of that. Like it's it it just is not like you're not a professional beat writer. It's amazing to me that you get guys, you get guys like Tim McMenamin, who's great on the NBA, covers the league. You get guys like or Tim McMahon and Dave McMenamin, excuse me, I got their names backwards. But you look at guys like Tony Jones. Like, is Tony Jones ever gonna tweet that he thinks Donovan Mitchell's upset they're picking him up full court? You just don't do that. You don't do that. And that you're giving I anyway. I could go on and on. Uh Nico Sangalang, good morning to you. Trader Danny will rebuild this Utah team next season and he should rebuild around Donovan Mitchell. 
and if you're again not to keep saying i told you so but if you're not seeing that this team is don's team and you are watching the final days of rudy gobert as a utah jazz man mm -hmm. you're watching it right now and maybe he's sitting out and maybe you're not watching it because he's just not going to play i don't know yeah you're watching the final days of rudy gobert in a utah jazz uniform it is it's coming i'm telling you it's coming it absolutely is coming uh, and Garcia says, can the Jazz move Quinn to a front office position so we don't lose him, kind of like Boston did with Brad Stevens? Well, Quinn Snyder is going to be the head coach of the team or he's not going to be here. Yeah. Why would you want him to be an executive? Uh, Nico says, the weaknesses of this Utah Jazz team against the Mavs is size in their backcourt. Luka took advantage of Mike Conley. He took advantage of everybody. Yeah. He took advantage of Eric Paschal. He took advantage of Rudy Gay. He took advantage of Mike Conley. He took advantage of Jared no Butler. Answer. Like, everybody. <laughs> A absolutely everybody. Uh, Tanner Plummer says maybe this Jazz, uh, maybe the Jazz need to pretend they're playing five Andy Larsons. Uh, maybe that'll get him going. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, Xavier Payne, good morning to you. He says, hasn't the media been complaining about the Jazz being a great season, but don't hesitate to post seasons? But don't translate to the postseason, including you guys. Let the Jazz try new things. They need to try new things. Like, I. See, like, what new things are the Jazz trying? Because zone defense isn't new. Yeah. If that's what you're you're pointing out. And, Let me it, read doesn't, that and it isn't conducive to their roster at all. Let me read that again because I can't read it all. Hasn't the media been complaining about the Jazz being a great season, but don't translate to the postseason, including you guys. Let the Jazz try new things. So hasn't the media been complaining that the Jazz are a great regular season team but can't win in the postseason? That let them try new things. I don't know. I don't follow the Jazz media very closely. Frankly, it, it just is, but I don't know. I have no idea what, I don't know. I, I, my, my opinion on this team has been, has not changed in two years that this roster is inadequate. And it, at this point, you're hamstrung by some decisions that Dennis Lindsay made. There's no doubt about that. You're also hamstrung by bringing Mike Conley back when you knew the return was diminishing. Yeah. You knew it was diminishing. And if you had if you had balls, you'd have let him walk away and you'd have rebuilt last summer. But you couldn't trade Rudy Gobert's contract. And now I think every day that goes on in this season, he becomes much, much more difficult to trade mm -hmm. because he's getting exposed defensively. Like you, he is a guy that I think if you that like if you added him to Memphis, okay, great, you have other guys who can do whatever. But the Golden States, the Phoenixes, the the best teams in the West want nothing to do with him. Yeah. The, 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 and you frankly would want to trade him to the East, but he's a guy that ends up in Washington. He's a guy who ends up in Orlando, a bad Eastern conference team, a team that doesn't require him to do, you know, because they don't need to win. You know, if they lose, they lose. It is what it is. Send them to Portland. They lose, they lose. It is what it is. Like, yeah. Although Portland's got every asset in the world, and I think they're going to be a juggernaut a year from now. Uh, but my point is, he's not a guy that championship caliber teams want. Yeah. I mean, the only team that he is a perfect fit for, I think, is the Chicago Bulls, and I don't think they'd spend that money. And nor would I. I don't think anybody's spending $41 million a year on, on Rudy Gobert. Yeah. I just – I don't. So I, I just don't know how you get around that. Um, Speed of Cheetah says, this team gets nowhere without Gobert. We have no defense whatsoever. It'll be impossible to get past the second round again. 
well, if Rudy Gobert's $41 million a year isn't here, you're going to spend that money somewhere else on different guys. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't have he, – he wasn't able to defend in the second round last year. I mean, I don't know what – I guess I, I'm not saying that that's a bad take, but I don't really understand what you're getting at because the fact is is people or other teams are going to exploit his weaknesses and find the open yeah. look. Like James saying, you, you saw what the Jazz looked like without Rudy. Be careful what you wish for. I'm not advocating to put that money in your pocket and not replace him. You don't. And by the way, what, uh, do you what, mean, is, what are you guys what talking about? What do you mean? About? Be careful what you wish for. What are you talking about? What, you you really uh, think you take you trade Rudy Gobert, and you just don't replace him? Nah, you know what, Jared Butler, he's gonna be our center. And we like Jared Butler a lot. What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about, like, man? I, I don't understand. Like, uh, yeah. Man, Did, by I, the way, I'll say it again. Uh, if Spencer Dinwiddie was on this team and not the Mavericks, the Jazz probably win that game last night. Fucking A. So like, true, dude. And, I, I, and by I, the way, you can't you can't make that move because of Gobert and Conley's contract. You can't. And and so that's why I say, like, you know, be careful what you wish for. Yeah, I'm wishing for a Jazz team that doesn't have Rudy Gobert on the team because I want to see what this team can be and what Donovan can be if he has legitimate support around him. That's what I want. I just don't know. Listen, you're going to ride this season out. Um, and you're going to ride it out <clears throat> with Rudy Conley. Hopefully, Bogey comes back sometime soon. I mean, calves, when you have a calf injury, I'm telling you, it's the worst thing in the world. I've had one. It's miserable. It The only thing you can do is sit on your ass. That's how you heal a calf injury. You yeah. use a TENS machine. You drink a lot of water. You get massage. And you sit. So... The other issue with calf injuries is when you come back, it takes a long time to rebuild your stamina because you can't ride a bike. You can't walk on a treadmill. You can't yeah, It's run. not like having a broken wrist, dude. <laughs> you can't stay in shape. And it's, it's very difficult. I mean, I hope they – I think – by the way, Boyan Bogdanovich is a very valuable player to this team as well. And I think that it tells you when you value a guy, with all due respect to Bo Bogey, He's on the backside of his career. When you value a guy at that level who who is defensively a liability and has really is a one-trick pony in shooting the three, it's scary. But they're going to ride with Don Conley, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich when he's healthy, uh, Buckets will bench, and Rudy Gobert. That's going to be their <laughs> that's going to be their five. They're going to ride with those guys. And the problem is again with Jordan Clarkson is you see what Jordan Clarkson's not. Because there's a lot of times now where he's letting you down performance-wise. Yeah. So you're going through this season with that group of guys. There's no change in that now. No, you're way past you that. You know, but, I, I mean, to me, you're watching the end of an era of jazz basketball because this team's going to change, and it's going to change dramatically. Yeah. And I will again say, if, you, if you're on Team Rudy over Team Don, you don't want to win games. You, you just don't. Um, could Con could Conley come off the bench and Donovan be the starting point guard? No. You're like you don't. So let me ask: Who do you start next to Don? Then who's like you're starting? To, you're going to start Clarkson? No. You're going to start Jared Butler? Clearly not. Trent Forrest? No. He can't shoot. Like you're you're starting Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. Those are your two starting guards. Yeah. That's it, right? Like yeah. I mean, that's the whole nine. And that, but that isn't that literally what we're talking about then. Right, because that's your only options, and that's the thing. And by the way, the other thing that I would say is, and, I, and that I still am a little confused about, um, is why are you not 
and this is this is just my my feeling. Why are you not starting Rudy Gay instead of Eric Paschal? Like, and again, I have not. I I like Eric Paschal for 10, 12 minutes a night. Rudy Gay should have started that game last night, and I that's one thing that I still I am still curious about. Knowing that you that you don't really have a big. Why are you, why are you starting Eric Paschal? Yeah, wasn't last night the ideal situation to start Gay? I I would think that it is. I I would think that it is. I I just don't. You know, it is. And an NBA guy I know is is DMing me, and I I think it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. He, he this NBA guy said, um. Because I, I I sent out a message to a couple of guys that I talked to on the regular about Donovan Mitchell's. Proud of everybody who suited up last night. Yeah. Um, he said, why are, why are more people uh, uh, in Salt Lake City not talking about the Dinwiddie performance over the last two weeks? That's the one that got away. That should be the Marlin that broke the hook. And and I, I just continue to tell you. Yeah, man. That the Jazz had a chance to add Dinwiddie and didn't do it. And that's the thing that really should trouble you. Yeah. Is it, it, and it scares me a little bit. Because Danny Ainge has had chances, or this Danny Ainge era, so for this three, four months, they've had chances to make moves and didn't do it. And that's only for one of two reasons, right? There's only one of two reasons why you wouldn't have gone to get Spencer Dinwiddie. A, you just didn't think it was worth it. Or B, you, it was the wrong time, and you wanted to you wanted to wait till you burn this thing down, and you wanted to recreate something different. They didn't want to spend more money. Yeah, well, because you spent that money on Mike Conley, and I'm telling you now, that's a huge mistake. Yeah, Ryan Buckley, uh, good morning too. If the Jazz weren't built around the wrong guy and Gobert, if they actually built this team around Don, the Jazz would be wouldn't be in this situation. I agree. Well, and that's and a I've tough said, part. yeah, I've said all year. I think that this team is built around the wrong guy. Yeah, I mean, there's there's almost no doubt about that. You know, I, I just. Yeah. Um, James Knight says, for the record, there's some theater in Don's injuries, but hey, I'm no doctor. What do you mean theater in Don's injuries? Yeah, what is injuries? that? What does that even mean? What is what is that? You're gonna have to be specific. Yeah, See, I, don't talk in generality. Be specific. Be yeah. specific. Yeah, what like yeah. What does that mean? Spencer Morgan, good morning. He says, seriously, Quinn Snyder is an executive. We know he's blocked trades that would have significantly helped this roster. I I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, and it's why you can't consult the coach on trades. Yeah. It's why you make trades and tell the coach to make the best of what you traded for. Uh, Spider Cheetah says his $41 million is how the Jazz value him, Rudy Gobert. Um, he's worth $41 million to this Jazz team, not to other teams. Right. That's why you're going to eat part of that contract. You're yeah, going to you're going to you're going to send just about every first round pick that you have out in trades. Yeah. You're going because you, do, you already don't have many. Right, I think you're up to twenty twenty six now. You've traded or don't have control of. Like, you when you need to get out of con- it's Russell Westbrook and John Wall. That's the deal you're hoping for. You're hoping to send Rudy Gobert to a team who's got a guy who doesn't fit what they do. And and again, this is the three team trade that that I talked about with the Jazz tried to get Marcus Smart. Boston had other deals. They thought they had a deal done with Minnesota, so the Marcus Smart trade didn't happen. They went back to Boston, in my opinion, from what I was told, tried to make a three-team trade with Washington, Boston, and the Jazz. And I think that they wanted they wanted Montrez Harrell. And I think they could have had Spencer Dinwiddie at one point. They could have had Montrez Harrell. And 
I don't I don't know why they're why they didn't make trades. Yeah. I do know that they didn't have the pieces to execute one-on-one deals. But I feel pretty confident that the moment they traded the Joe Ingles contract, that th- those deals were all dead. The minute that they unloaded Joe Ingles to Portland for Nikhil Alexander-Walker, any hope of making a, a, a transformative deal to help this team win in the playoffs right now yeah. was dead. Yeah. Because that Joe Ingles contract has value to contenders. And who did he wind up with? His contract wound up in Portland with a team that acquired a bunch of draft picks and a whole lot of cap space. And so now here you are, you're sitting wondering, well, what could have, should have, would have. But that's not how this game is played. Yeah. You are where you are. You want to get out from Rudy Gobert? You're going to pay to get out from Rudy Gobert. And you're going to pay significantly. And next year, you're going to, is going to be a shit show. Yeah. You're going to have a tough season next year, as you should. Yeah. As you should hope for as a Jazz fan. The price you pay. You need to tear it down this summer. If you're a Jazz fan, you should be hoping and praying that they move seven, eight guys off this roster this summer. That they trade Mike Conley. That they trade Boyan Bogdanovich and you know, Royce O'Neal and Rudy Gobert and anybody that they can find value for, burn it down, get out of the luxury tax, reset your financial house, and then, and then do it right for a year from now, a year from now, start building. That's how you, that's how you rebuild quickly. The Phoenix Suns are the best example of that. The problem is, and the difference between the Suns and the Jazz, the Suns drafted exceptionally well. Mm -hmm. This is Golden State all over again. You look at Book, Aiton, Mikhail Bridges, like... Cam Johnson. They drafted exceptionally well. Yes. They didn't miss. The Jazz have missed on so many draft picks. Yep. And the other thing is, the Jazz have, the Jazz have, in my opinion, they waited too long on Dennis Lindsay. You look at James Jones. James Jones is arguably works for one of the worst owners in the NBA. And when I say worst owners in the NBA, Robert Sarver is a guy that is currently under investigation for heinous, heinous accusations, heinous accusations from sexual assault to misconduct to sexual harassment, like all these wild rumors. Yeah. And they're probably going to play for an NBA championship for the second consecutive season because they have a good general manager, they have a good head coach. They have young players they've drafted, and they went and signed a free agent in Chris Paul. Yeah. Or traded. I can't remember if they traded for him or signed him. Traded for him. Like, they went and got Chris Paul. And all of a sudden, it unlocked the door. That's the difference. All right, a couple more because then we got to get moving. Um, and Garcia says, just remember, we'll end up losing more first-round picks when the Jazz trade Rudy. It's a lose-lose. Yeah. And, and that's exactly right. But when you lose-lose, you win. Because getting rid of Rudy's contract and giving yourself hope for the future is how you win. And how much better does the locker room feel without him? I'm just curious. I on think that. a lot. I'm curious on that. I think a lot. Uh, Nico Sangaling says, should they trade Jordan Clarkson next season? I think Jordan Clarkson's one of those guys that if he's not here, okay, that's fine. If he's here, okay, that's fine. He's not a guy. He's not a guy that to me at this point has made the mental jump to match his ability. And until he plays better mental basketball, it just it's not going to matter. The the it, it's starting to stand out to me the contributions that it took for this team just to get to the second round with this current roster. You think about Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year. You think about Rudy, defensive player of the year. Think about Don and Conley, all stars, right? Like the, like a lot of these guys man. played their best season they've ever played just to get through to the second round. Isn't that crazy to think about? 
Like it wasn't like, you know, anybody had an average season. All these guys had to have like their best season they, that they possibly could to, you know, get to where they got last year. That's kind of tough to accept, you know, because now you're in that same position, but your guys aren't playing well. I wish people understood because there's like five people in the comments talking about how do you replace Rudy Gobert. Think about the, <laughs> the centers that are playing big roles on teams. And I look at, I look at a guy and I, I just say to myself, man, Rudy, Go what does Rudy Gobert do for you? Rudy Gobert gives you significant defensive advantages over most teams. Mm -hmm. But I look at the best defensive team in the NBA. And I look at Robert Williams, who's now hurt, by the way, for Boston. Is Robert Williams a better center on a championship team than Rudy Gobert? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Because why? Because he gives you more ability on the offensive end, and you have a, a complete team that is elite defensively. Remember when we were talking about Marcus Smart, and people were like, oh, he shoots bricks. I don't need Marcus Smart to make threes. I need him to stop threes from being made which is what this team really struggles at. And by the way, I also look at Al Horford on that roster, and I say to myself, how many minutes, how many minutes did Al Horford play against Minnesota? I'm just going to take a guess. I'm not looking at the numbers. I think one zero twenties. He played zero. He didn't play. Didn't play a single minute. They won 134-112. Yet on nights where they need him against the Jazz, he plays 20 minutes a night. Because he is pliable to what you need him to do. And you look at the way, and Boston right now is the defensive team in the NBA. By far, not close. They're the best defensive team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And you look at the way they use their bigs. And you look at guys like Daniel Tice. Daniel Tice is an average center. Plays 17 minutes a game. Gives you four points, right? And you're like, oh, well, why does that matter? Because he does a little bit of everything. He rebounds for you. He gets a steal. He gets a block. He's in the right place at the right time. He can shoot a three. He knows his role. He knows his role. He doesn't think he's some offensive juggernaut who's a victim because they won't give him the ball. And by the way, he doesn't make $41 million. So those are three examples on the best team in the NBA right now today. Like I look at the Brooklyn Nets. Look at the Brooklyn Nets. The best big on the Brooklyn Nets is up for debate. But Drummond, and like, I mean, they have all these guys mm -hmm. that just play their role. Johnson, Drummond, like, you have guys who play their role. Drum you don't hear Andre Drummond bitching about not getting the ball because all he does is rebound and play defense. Yeah. If Rudy Gobert would rebound and play defense and not complain and not point at the guy and not bitch and moan about fouls. And Claxton, not bro. Claxton. Claxton. Great young guy, Claxton. runs the floor, dunked on Rudy Gobert. Like, when you guys say who would you rather have, I'd rather have a guy who just comes to work. Like a Steven Adams is a great example. Yeah. Steven Adams just does his fucking job and doesn't complain and doesn't make $41 million mm -hmm. and never is going to complain about not getting the ball and is going to be a, a – and the other thing that Steven Adams and Drummond and – of these, uh, some of the, Daniel Tice is a good example of this. They're not going to take crap from anybody. No, they're not going to nope. get dunked on repeatedly and then cry to the official when it happens. They're they're also, by the way, not to be a soothsayer. Did anybody notice how many illegal screens were called in the last week in the NBA? <laughs> seriously, seriously. Am I the only one? And that, this has nothing to do with the Jazz at all. Like, I no. mean, obviously with the way Rudy sets screens, yes. But like, 
this wasn't just like, hey, they called it against the Jazz. Like, it's happening across the league. It's clearly, in my opinion, based on how many games I'm seeing it in and you're seeing it in, it's definitely a narrative in the NBA Look at now. Guy, but when we talk about centers, it's guys like – it's not DeAndre Ayton. It's JaVale McGee. Yeah. You look at it's Mac Biombo, bro. Yes, it's it's the, the Phoenix Suns. Not to keep waxing on about the Phoenix Suns. The Suns are using Bismack Biombo and JaVale McGee behind DeAndre Ayton. Like and like you don't need this is not a league. And that for all the Gobert people in this in this this town, do you not understand that this is not a big man league? Do you look around. What? Why is Boston so good? Because of Tatum and Jalen Brown. Why is Phoenix so good? Because of Book and CP3. What? Like, go up and down the, the standings. Why is Memphis so good? Right? Not not because of their bigs. It's because of their guards. Yeah. And and then they're on people on Man. the other side of that conversation. You say, well, what about Jokic and Embiid? That's what they're going to say. Well, yeah. if this isn't a center's league, what about Jokic and Embiid? And I'm telling you, those two guys are just unicorns. Those are two guys who. But who, what do they do? Is is Nikola Jokic anything more than a three guard in a seven footer's body? He's not. He's a he's a shooting forward. He's not a power forward. He's not a center. Can he play down there? Sure, he can. But what does Nikola Jokic do? He passes. Did you see the overhead pass the other night? By the way, I would like to say I utilize that pass at the gym all the time. That motherfucker don't miss. I man. do. You do. I do. You I do. throw that pass all the time. You do. But anyway, I'm amazing. Yeah. Uh, we get it. Yeah. And I'm good looking. Anyway, the point is right. The point right, is, right. You look at the way Jokic plays. Jokic is a is a is a small forward, in a in a center's body. Shoots the three, passes, can post up, does finish at the rim, yep. does run the floor. But you look at Joel Embiid watching that Suns game. The guy hits threes. The guy's got an elbow jumper. Now, is he also blocking shots? Yes. Is he dunking on guys? Yes. You know the best center in the NBA right now. I'm telling you, it's Carl Anthony Towns. That's a guy that mm. should be in the NBA MVP conversation, and he's not. But Carl Anthony Towns, that's the prototypical center in this league. Yeah. What would this team be with Carl Anthony Towns instead of Rudy Gobert? Jaron Jackson Jr. What, yeah, I mean, you, like that's all you need. Anyway, I'll stop. Um, Caleb says, you guys uh, ready to watch the Lakers and LeBron take an L to the Jazz? The Jazz should win the next two. Yeah. Let's be honest. Like, the the, the L.A. back-to-back. Well, no, let's be clear. They need to win the next two. It's not a should or or will you. Well, they have to to, I to, mean, to get that back. You're looking at a situation where I don't know how you fix some of the – you and just got to win games. Dude, and man. I swear I mean, to God, if Rudy Gobert plays tomorrow night, dude. Or is it Tuesday? No, yeah, tomorrow night. Tuesday night, yeah. Yeah, tomorrow night. Dude, That I'm telling you, that'll be a problem. You know, that will definitely be a problem. I think what's interesting is that they only have, what, two more road games, I think, or something like that? Yeah. Um, you know, you have the Lakers going to Dallas. LeBron, this ankle injury with LeBron's a big deal. Yeah. This ankle injury with LeBron's a big deal. But um, Wednesday night there, the late game, I think it's an 8, 8, 8 p.m. tip um, on, e on TNT. Yes. Not a BTNT Tuesday. Yeah. Um, it's an 8, 8 p.m. tip. It against the Clippers, that's a game you should win. Yeah. Even if Rudy doesn't play, I gotta think Don's gonna play. Oh yeah. You have to win that game. You you gotta you have to write the ship. I just I don't know. Real quick, because then we gotta talk about this Oscar thing. Real quick on um North Carolina Duke. Yeah. You don't often get Kobe's last game. 
that's what Carolina Duke is. You don't often get Jordan's last game as a bull. Mm-hmm. That's what Carolina Duke is. You don't often get historic, monumental moments in sports. And when they come around, you need to take part. Duke Carolina in the Final Four is everything you want. Now, I'm a Carolina guy. I hate Duke. Mm-hmm. I respect the hell out of Mike Krzyzewski. I've met Mike several times. I've talked to him. You know how many players? 20 times. You know how many star players that he's put in the league? I mean, a a lot. Dude, you're you're talking about Kyrie. Jason Tatum, I believe, went to Duke. Grant Hill. Grant Hill. You look at now Austin Rivers isn't some star player, but he's a legend there. You look at the names who have come through there. But what is Duke about? Duke is about Final Fours and national championships and winning at the highest level mm-hmm. because of Mike Krzyzewski. What were they before? Nobody knows and nobody cares because Duke is Coach K. Yeah. And to watch Carolina Duke this weekend, I mean, it's a whole nine. Now, I'm going to be watching it alone um, because oh. here we go. My wife's, here we going go. Out, my wife's going out of town and – you know, Jake has a major love life relationship update that's going to happen here in a minute. But it's the like, fucking vernal equinox. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I can, you know, like things changed. Yeah, and now, you know? you know, I don't have a ride or die. Right, right. You know, so right. my wife doesn't want to spend time with me anymore. So she's going out of town to, <laughs> you know, to hang out with the gun toting old man, you know. Right. And stuff. And Jake's, you know, got this girl that is going to spend time, you know. like i'll be eating wings alone crying over coach k losing to carolina um while wearing my carolina sixes that are above me here (laughs) totally would too that'd be great (laughs) it's one of those things where you know i'll wear my carolina threes i'm about it yeah whatever uh anyway the point is watch carolina duke yes watch carolina duke because it is it's everything you want yeah it's everything you need Mm -hmm. it is the greatness of sports all combined into one moment which is kind of what happened at the Oscars last night. Yeah. Um, you know. So, one of the interesting things before we get to the Oscars is we need to shout out somebody's dad. Dad? Dad. Where is that? Here it is right here. Um, so, <laughs> we don't do this very often enough. Um, Isaiah Cantrell asked me to shout out his dad. Mm-hmm. He said um, that uh, my dad put me on. If you could shout him out, that'd be tight. He loves you guys. His <laughs> name is tight. his name is Big Dog, aka Steve Jones, aka Big Dog. Not to be confused with Mike Jones. Mike uh, from f- and do it from his favorite uh, child Isaiah. So hey, Steve Jones, hope you're well, Big Dog. Isaiah says hello. There you go. Welcome to the Monty Show, and we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate you being part of the show. And then there was a drop request as well, which I think was the shout-out to Mo Bamba drop, correct? It was, yes. Yeah. Shout-out to Mo Bamba. So there yeah, you big go. Do- big Dog loves the shout-out to Mo Bamba. Shout-out to Mo Bamba. So there you go. There, there you, you go. All right. We've handled our business there. Now it's time to Will Smith some people. All right. Sorry, that was probably aggressive. Let's talk about Will Smith. Yeah. So – I, I'm going to play this in its entirety. So do you have the Chris Rock joke I got the first? whole thing. Okay. I got the I got the Chris Rock joke, the, the whole – I got the whole thing. It's the Oscars. Chris Rock is hosting the Oscars. Yeah. And I want you to understand that the culture in Hollywood, it's not real. It's not real. 
it is it is a fairy tale it's a scripted cosmetic you know land of ridiculousness Mm -hmm. roasting somebody and their wife is not unusual in the least bit right if you go back to the 2020 golden globes with ricky gervais if you i mean it's it's commonplace so what happened last night was absolutely positively criminal quite literally Chris Rock, and you may not, and I want to make sure you understand what happened here. Chris Rock is going to make a a G.I. Jane joke about Jada Pinkett Smith. Because Jada Pinkett Smith shaves her head. Because she has a skin condition known as alopecia, which makes your hair fall out. And so she shaves her head. And she is sitting in the front row with Will Smith. Will Smith is up for a, an Oscar along against Javier Bardem. Chris Rock is making a joke about the two of them competing. And here's the audio unedited in its entirety. You know who's got the hardest job tonight? Javier Bardem and his wife are both nominated. Now, if she loses, he can't win. <laughs> Smith wins like please Lord Jada I love you G.I. Jane 2 can't wait to see it alright <laughs> that, that was a that was a nice one okay I'm out here uh oh Richard <laughs> oh wow wow Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's fucking mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. Oof. That was a. Greatest night in the history of television. Okay. So we are here to uh, give a documentary out, to give an Oscar out. Okay, so first of all, the part where you heard Will Smith yelling is from Japanese TV, because what most Americans don't know is that none of that made it to television. Um, they cut the audio because Will Smith was yelling in the background. And the first thing that everybody said, obviously, was, oh, it's scripted. And it clearly was not scripted. No. You are Will Smith. You do not sit down and then start yelling F-bombs at Chris Rock after you slapped him. And if you're Chris Rock, if that was scripted, you'd have known where to go. And you would not have, you would not have, um, you would not have lost your, your mind and not been able to speak. Yeah. That was not scripted. Yeah. And there's all kinds of video um, because they have technology there. You can see that he clearly slapped him. He never punched him in the face. People saying he punched him. No, he did not. No. He slapped him across the face. And the Japanese, like Australian television also kept it. 
Um, and I, I want to play it. I want to play just the part where he slaps him. Because when you hear Chris Rock say, uh-oh, mm-hmm. that's Will Smith getting out of his seat and walking up the, to the stage. Okay. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane 2, can't wait to see it. All right? <laughs> <laughs> it's, that, was a, that was a nice one. Okay. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> That's where Will Smith gets out of his seat. And mm-hmm. then what you're going to hear here is, and listen to the thump on audio of Will. If it was a fake slap or if this was scripted, do you really think that there would have been the sound of him making contact with Chris Rock's face? And then the thing I want you to listen to here, and after the show, by the way, Will Smith essentially acknowledged what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was sobbing when he actually, Will Smith, the oddest thing is, Will Smith smacks Chris Rock in the face and then wins the Oscar. Yeah, and I have that speech too, by and the way. And he has, yeah, he has to go up there. Mm-hmm. And he's sobbing, and he actually apologized to the Academy and all the other nominees in the crowd. And then when they went to commercial break, um, you had Denzel Washington walking up to Will Smith, consoling him. Like, you can see them. And Bradley Cooper, who's very close with Will Smith, they're very close friends, walking up and consoling him. Because there were a lot of people who thought Will Smith was going to get arrested. Mm -hmm. Because in L.A., what I didn't know until this morning I found out, is that in L.A., Chris Rock doesn't have to press charges. It's on tape. And if the police wanted to go and arrest Will Smith for assault, they could do that. And I think that's why you know that it's not it's not fake. Like, he was up there sobbing not because he won an Oscar. It was crazy. Anyway, go ahead and play the, the – let's play the rest of this because I want you to hear Will Smith yelling in the background. And you'll also hear, by the way, the Japanese dub over the top of it. Um, it's the translation because mm-hmm. this is from Japanese TV. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Listen to him cursing. Wow, dude. Yeah. It was a G.I. Jane joke. G.I. Jane no joke out of your fucking I'm going to, to that. okay? And now Chris Rock doesn't know <laughs> what to do. Oh, okay. They're talking to him in his ear. That was a greatest night in the history of television. Okay. Like he didn't know what to do. And so, again, I see like Jeremy Bolton is saying that it's totally staged. I think you're completely. I don't think it's staged at all. Dude. And, and th- you would have known. They would have, been, they would have been boys behind. Like they would have been laughing and. The, the, the other reason you know it's not staged is when that joke was made, and go it's on my Twitter feed. You can see the video of the Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, the Monty Show. Um, you can see where Will Smith thought the G.I. Jane joke was funny. And Jada, who's sitting about three feet to his left, did not think it was funny. And she glared at Will, who then got up and then walked up to the stage. Mm-hmm. So... First of all, there's a couple of things that I think were really salient points. I think one of the things that stood out to me so clearly was this was a violent crime on television. On a show that was live and unscripted where this is just not acceptable. Like in Hollywood, you never hear people get up there and drop multiple F-bombs like that. Mm -hmm. It's not tolerated by the Academy. And the other thing is 
this was a black man striking a black man on TV. Mm -hmm. It plays into societal stereotypes. And it's one of the things that so many people have quickly commented on. And I, I actually don't disagree with that. I think that Will Smith, the worst part about this is Will Smith finally won an Oscar. Yeah. And now it's completely ruined. Yeah. You can go home and put that statue on your shelf, bro. That's cool. But all anybody's going to remember is that you smacked Chris Rock in the face for making a joke that was really not that inflammatory. And for anybody who's like, oh, well, he's just defending his wife. I got news for you. You don't do that. And I understand it's defending his wife. And I understand that, that you know, it was on national TV and you're making a joke about, you know, Will Smith's wife. And you don't get up and, and bring violence to the Academy Awards. Mm -hmm. You just don't do that. Yeah. And it's one of those things where the stereotype in, in the black community is not lost. There are people that are there. There are affluent black Americans who are really upset about what Will Smith did. And I think it is absolutely correct to be upset with what he did. He committed a crime. And when, when you are talking about the issues in this country, you can't lose your, your mind like that. You, you just like where we are as a society, you can't go and commit violence against, you can't go and commit violence against people. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that's so difficult is now, what do you do if you're Ricky Gervais? What do you do if you're Chris Rock? What do you do next year if you are the guy hosting the Oscars? That's the thing. Like, are you going to make a joke? Because I got to be honest with you. That's the culture of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. The guy standing up there hosting the Oscars. Why did Ricky Gervais not host the Oscars this year? He's straight up said because it's no longer okay to make jokes in Hollywood. Because you'll remember, and you didn't even, you don't even understand half the jokes. And I think this is a, a generational thing as well. It's, but it's a very important point. Ricky Gervais stood up at the 2020 Golden Globe Awards and made fun of everybody. He made fun of all the people who flew in for the awards on their jets when they're giving money to, you know, save the save the the world and stop global warming. He made jokes about, you know, the the Three Popes movie about child molestation in the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. He made jokes about Harvey Weinstein. He made jokes about Leonardo DiCaprio, um, his last movie about Hollywood, I can't remember the name of it, um, being three hours long. So Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend aged out of Leonardo DiCaprio because she's no longer, you know, like she's now legal. Did Leo get up on stage and smack Ricky Gervais? Did anybody get all upset? No, because that's the culture of Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And you're an affluent black man in, a, in, a, in an era where black people and people of color have been oppressed to the point where they don't win Academy Awards on a regular basis. And it's a narrative. It's a huge talking point in Hollywood that, that black, black professionals don't win Academy Awards. You haven't won one. You're one of the most notable black men who's never won an Academy Award. You kick the shit out of Chris Rock on stage right before they hand you the first Academy Award you've ever won. That now you might as well not have won the damn thing because now it's meaningless. Mm-hmm. Now it's meaningless because you you took the shine off of it by by using violence against a host. And it just it just doesn't make any sense. And Mrs. Monty, why are you texting me? She like sent me a text and says the big problem is that people won't feel safe. So come and get the <laughs> Mrs. Monty is texting me. Backward view of Mrs. 
Well, maybe if you would show your ass in a thong, people would actually like the backwards view. <laughs> anyway, what was your point wow. about people wow. not feeling safe? The problem was is that he he didn't go up there to say, "Hey, dude, don't don't do that. That's not funny. My wife has a condition." He walked up there and and resulted in violence, right? Yes. And I think that's the issue. You you already pretty much touched on it that people who are in that position won't feel safe if you can just oh right get up right yeah 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 walk up there and smack someone when they are in a presenting role in a theatrical community. That just breaks the barrier of the of film and television. And I agree with James Knight. I, I do. I agree with James, who says um, this will stain Will Smith's reputation and public opinion forever. Greg Hawkins, who's a professional actor, um, says very unprofessional behavior of Will. Hollywood requires a thicker skin than that. Exactly right. Yes. Exactly right. Like you remember the, the Ricky yes. Gervais thing, right? Yes. And it's been this way forever. And if they want to change it, then, the, and well, now. Now, now it changed going itself. To change. Yes, because one, they they aren't going to have a stage that you can just walk up to. They're probably going to have to have security, which will disrupt it anytime anybody wants to do anything. But we've seen outbursts like this where people are more and more crossing that barrier between the performance and, yes. the, and the watcher. We saw the Kanye stuff where he t- stood up and took away from Taylor Swift. like, And that's happened multiple times. We're now we're going to have to put more separation between the presenters and the audience because we cannot depend on the audience to control themselves anymore. Okay, here's the worst comment of the day so far. Yeah. Any any guess who it's from? Nah, and Garcy. Brandon Whitesides. Ah. Jade, it's Jada. Yeah. Jade and Will are some weirdos. She just want, want she just wanting Will to be her Tupac. So, so here's my worst comment of the day. Will's going to have to answer to Tom Cruise now because Will's a major Scientologist. He is a major and Scientologist. And now he's going to have to answer to that. Well, now he's going to have to hold on to the electrodes and yep. like, let go of mm-hmm. all the anger. Mm. Uh, Will, Will mm-hmm. already got his name drugged through the mud by her, but for some reason is still seeing with her. Yeah. Okay, so wait. Now she's just like trying to get him to be Tupac after Will cheated on her and like, I don't care about I their... I thought she cheated on Will. Yeah, she cheated on Will. Okay. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. By the way, I don't care. Um, my point is that Will Smith is completely wrong. Yeah. And everybody's standing up and defending this guy and saying, well, what would you do? I can tell you... You, you stand up and you say, hey, man, don't do that. Yeah. I don't mind you yelling, saying, hey, that's not cool, man. Hey, that's not cool. I'm totally down with that. Yeah. But... Physically assaulting somebody is never the answer. It it just isn't. I can't think of a situation where I would where I would do that. With all due respect to Mrs. Monty, like if somebody, drop that if somebody made a comment like that about you, I'm not going to get physically violent. I'm it, not. There's and, there's a difference between an on the street altercation, but this again, this is the issue. This is an event where the audience has that the. the it has a problem being the audience and now they're going to have to separate presenters yeah. from the audience. Jeremy Bolton says, fine, I'm wrong. It was real. What the hell do I know? Nothing, Jeremy. Alex Keep Caruso is a star. Anyway, wow. That was an Alex Caruso drop right there. But you know, you don't joke about a man's wife or mother. Stop. It's Hollywood, dude. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, you do. Um, Will's, Will's wife is destroying him. Don't disagree with that. C. Sheever says, I just wonder if Gobert wanted to play. 
you know, I mean, I think he wanted to smack Donovan. I yeah. didn't um, think, oh, you know what's confusing to me also? I didn't think Scientologists believed in God, and he said that he he was, you know, driven by what God is propelling I, I him to. And I was like, what the, which I thought you believed in, like, you L. know. Ron Hubbard. Thanos or something, you know. Thanos. I don't remember what they call she it. She said There's Thanos. There's, like, some, you know, super being, but. Oh, that's right. That's right. Jordan McDonald. Uh, Jada cheated with Will's uh, with on Will with Jaden's friend. Yes. That's their son. That's. Oh, my God. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. right. Mm-mm-mm. That's exactly right. Wow. Tanner and eBay are just going at each other. Oh, wow. Is somebody going to get smacked? I'm guessing. In the, in the well, let me take a guess. Let me take a guess eBay thinks that Will Smith was completely justified. No, Tanner brought up Donald Trump in this situation, and that uh, set off eBay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can always boy. count on Tanner. Bro. All right, let me update uh, real quick. Um, let's... How much of the business do we want to talk about? Britt is, like, making all kinds of noise with her microphone, so... You know, we're just doing a show. You do you. You do you, babe, Okay. You know what? Fucking you a. can't hear me when I speak directly into it, and I move a freaking thing on the side, we can, we and it's you. apparently we, too loud. We can hear you fine. Yeah, we can hear you fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. How much of our? Okay, so we've been telling you guys that we're trying to open a business. First of all, have you said I love you yet? Yes. Woohoo! Jake's in love. Did it get you a little extra? Jake was already <laughs> in love. He just didn't want to say the words. Did it get you a little extra? Huh? Huh? No. Our our normal is extra. Okay. Anyway, the point our normal is that extra. motherfucker don't what? miss. Are man. you kidding me? Yeah, man. I don't Are you miss, kidding bro. me? Okay. Uh, Scientology is the Mormon's crazy cousin. Truth. <laughs> um, just, you know, Eric C says, just want to see Grace and Allen finish the job on Caruso next season. <laughs> How do you block people? How do I Will block Smith Eric? and Grace and Allen are probably good friends now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, OK, so the three of us, we've talked about this openly on the show. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to open a business. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we've had issues with is the small business loan process. And it just turns out you got to find the right lender because we had been through everybody from Bank of America, which I would never advise anybody anywhere ever for anything having to do with your money to go to Bank of America. Um, That was probably the worst. Um, You know, we went through a guy at a local bank who was fantastic, but just couldn't execute a loan. And then we wound up with this banker that we're, we we now are approved. Our SBA, our SBA loan got approved over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just such a big relief. And I don't know, you guys, now that we've kind of been through this, and we're now in underwriting, by the way. So we got pre, I, what, what was the wording? Pre-qualified. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you essentially go through underwriting to get your final loan approval. Uh, but once you get pre-qualified, you pretty much you have to like screw something up major on your part to not get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- having been through the SBA process now, like Mrs. Monty, you've been intimately involved in this. What would you say is the what is your feeling on it? Because I think the SBA process is a sham. I really do. How is it any different from other banks? Like, I, I I just don't understand why it's a sham. I think those three letters are meaningless. I think that it provides very little protection for the the person getting the loan, us in this position, mm-hmm. a particular situation, versus the lender. The lender's made whole almost no matter what. Right. 
Right. And it's, it's a protection for them, but but it it there's the SBA loan. How do I say this correctly? What it, like I just think it's useless. It provides no advantages for the person trying to open the business. It provides no protections for the person trying to open the business. Other than it locks in and it, it, it guarantees you won't have an interest rate higher than a certain amount. Other than, but right. But I mean, if you go to any lender anyway, your your rate's going to be prime plus, you know, like, and the SBA rate's good. I, I would agree with that. But it's not something that would keep me from going to a regular lender. It just, it's, it, to me, the SBA thing is, it's just a thing. A sham like it's a it's the wizard behind the curtain like it's just it's the curtain between you and the bank mm -hmm. and all it does is provide the bank protection and does nothing for the business owner yeah i mean that's the position you get put in when you don't have cash i think that in i would many agree with that situations in life i think that you know when you don't have cash like you're you're being leveraged that's that's all it is i mean that's the essence of loaning money you know it is i i don't know that Obviously, I would do it again because you don't have a choice. I mean, I right. don't have a million dollars sitting on ice in my bank account. Right. Yeah. Um, or we wouldn't be having this discussion. But so you're fine with it. You don't have any issues with it. I, I don't have anything to compare it with other than we the last time, although it was still SBA. That getting last... a mortgage. It is exact. It's the exact same process as getting a mortgage. It's no different. When it you get takes a mortgage. longer to go through underwriting and then. But like the whole get approved, get your money, get done thing is yeah. the exact same thing as a mortgage. Like, hey, you got to submit all this ridiculous stuff um, to get pre-qualified. Then when you get a house, you write a contract, you go through underwriting, they close the loan. Although I, I will say, I feel like with the SBA process, it was a little more intense as far as. Yes. Like, yeah. you know, putting your, your net worth together and like, I mean, you, you, to get pre-qualified for a mortgage, you, I mean, you basically need a, you know. A W-2, essentially, or, you know, bank statements. You know, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for consistent income and a credit score. Yeah, yeah. but you know? that's because there's going to be a tangible building that they can rip out from under you if you don't pay for your mortgage. Yeah. Here, it's a lot more difficult for a business. If we build this business and it goes belly up, they can't go and take the building because we don't own it. Mm. They could, you know, we could be, we could liquidate assets. Yes. But that's it. And that's not going to be enough to cover the full cost of the loan because we did construction mm. and you yeah. cannot take those things but back. But that's my point. The SBA process is much more intense than getting a mortgage. But I think any business loan would be much more intense. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think it gives you any advantages. Like it, it really doesn't. And I it's... think my opinion is, is it's the price you pay to get your to to open the door to the next level. That's what my opinion. Yeah, is. I, I, think, I would agree with that. You know, because because if I you really think that. about it, if you run a good business and it, and the process works out and it goes the way we think it will go, the next one you won't need SBA for. You, you no. won't need you won't need a loan. For. And me and the 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 me and the bank person joked about that. You know, you know, like this person said, hey, you know, we, we you know, we obviously want to have a long term relationship with you. And I, and I said to her, this person, I was like, I hope we never have another loan with you. <laughs> like, I hope we just never need yeah, it. Yeah, because, it, you know, because you don't want to go through it again. Like, it, well, there's it, just no need to. You, yeah. you don't want to be the whole point of opening a business is so you can build liquidity. That's the whole point. So you can make more money and, and not have to take loans on things. That's the point. So. Yeah, hopefully we never deal with them again. But, I mean, she's been great, I, I think. I mean, based on everything you said, she's been phenomenal at what she does. Oh, wow. So uh, this guy that I um, vanish mode with. Vanish mode. This guy I vanish mode with, real quick digression to the jazz. Um, no, I'm going to do some. Yeah, yeah I'm going to hold on to that. There's definitely some heat there.
Um, those comments last night by by Donovan Mitchell did not go unnoticed. Um, but yeah, I I I'm excited because now we can see the finish line. Mm-hmm. Now we're like rounding as far as funding goes. We're like rounding the home stretch. We have the space that we are going to open our business in. Uh, we have the financing about ninety five percent done. Um, now we just need to negotiate a franchise and we need to finish. We have some, you know, T's to cross and I's to dot on this, uh, lease thing, but it's crazy. We're so close to it. Yeah. I mean, it seems so far away when you start, but then you start knocking things down and you know, it moves, you know, and, and that's what I think people don't understand. Like it, it can be done. It just is intensive. Yeah, it is intensive. It's very intensive. It takes a lot of energy. Are you guys like excited about it or? Yeah, I'm excited to, to I, I'm really excited to see how life changes. I mean, that's because that's really the, the big thing. That's the core thing. You know, life changes <laughs> when you start opening businesses. And you know. Says the 28 year old. The 49 year old me is like, holy shit, this is terrifying. Because yeah, like, but it's, it's not a lot be, of money. It's not going to be holy shit. It's terrifying when you're when you're rolling in it. It's not. And that that with yep. this setup, it will do well. I I I have all the confidence in the world, honestly. Yeah, Brett, what, what are you, Mrs. Monty? What are you thinking? I, I yeah, I'm excited. I think it definitely is the start to the the next level of you know what we're doing. Is it like Scientology where you get to the next level? Like once you? No, it's not like Mormonism where you get extra planets and stuff. You know? Oh. No. So we're not getting. This our... is a little different. Okay. I mean, maybe you could consider it that way. Which is kind of like having your own planet, but you cannot have multiple wives. I'm just saying. So, anyways. Um, wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Brick kept it realer. But I, you know, yeah, I'm excited. It is the next step. I would say I would probably do an SBA loan for the next thing only because I, I think the one option that we have that we didn't use, which was to do a, a woman owned business. That's, that's for sure. That's a good point. But that yeah, would have to sure. be really something point. because I, I can't remember the number, but I have to be like 80 or 90% owner. Yeah. Like five or six people are asking what business we're opening. We can't tell you that. Yet. Can't tell you yet. All in due time, friends, all in due time. You just know that, that it's going to be amazing. Yep. It's going to be amazing. It's, it's, I'm really, it's something that's not here. Um, you know, uh, let's see. Jeremy Bolton says, have a good day, fellas. Wearing my casual shirt with a headband so I can be overrated all day. Not show up and make crappy breakfast. Okay. Wow. Whoop, whoop. Well, wow. there you go. Uh, yeah. Make sure you give us a like, give us a, please. If you're here right now, give us a thumbs up. We really appreciate you supporting the show. Um, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Mrs. Monty's going to tell you why she's going out of town. She's probably going to have an awkward interaction with an 80-year-old man who likes guns. And I'll be alone all weekend. It is what it is. Until tomorrow. You're being a victim. What do you mean a victim? Wow. Wow. What are you, the governor of Alabama? Yeah, how about that lady burping into a microphone last week? Uh, Anyway, until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.